The Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. DGENs assemble. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is my co host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King, Rob. Happy Friday, sir. We made it. How are we doing? Yes, man. TGIF. Love the weekend. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw today, but I tweeted out uh, looks like we have now officially launched the Fantasy Endurance athlete line there is only one graphic right now because jake is waiting on me to kind of formulate this graphic that i have in my mind of what i think a fantasy athlete or a fantasy endurance athlete looks like so i told him as long as you can uh <laughs> oh, oh you want it to be your face on there you didn't see yeah i retweeted that where the hell is my face man listen oh. i know that you and kramer do the 24 hours all right but i haven't seen a single one of you chugging a beer on a bike drafting a football team okay that drafting a best ball team that's true. That is true. Sneak peek, though. Uh, there is some talk during draft day three coming to you in August. There may be a cardio session for one of those 24 hours. So stay tuned to that. Yeah, I, I will be leading that session on the bike. I will, I will be bringing it up the rear. You know, you might you might have Kramer in the background saying like, OK, we've got the nice, you know, decline on the hill here. Nice little cool down. No, no. To the forest. Go through the trees. The downhill is a trap. All right. Follow Bruni. He knows where to take you to the promised land. Yeah, so shout out to uh, you know our merch god, our wizard of the merch, Jake Paquin, for getting that out. More design logos to come, but go get yours now at store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Also, in my cart, if anybody's wondering, I will be buying those 10-pack of lighters. I know it's kind of expensive per lighter, but who doesn't want to be rolling around smoking your doobies with a Sports Gambling Podcast lighter? I mean, come on. I'm, it's my goal to steal one from every single SGPN employee <laughs> at the fantasy football. Oh, is that you better? Yeah, yeah. I will definitely have them with me while yeah. at the expo. For for any Survivor fans out there, if you watch Survivor, there's like a there's a challenge you have to complete to like take somebody's uh or to earn an immunity idol. You have to like take like a special bead off of like each person's bag. That's gonna be me Ooh. collecting all the uh, infinity lighters from the SGPN crew. Dominate the expo. Then I'm just going to be walking around with like 10 lighters in my pocket. Well, it won't <laughs> be pretty, but <laughs> I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. Uh, tonight, me and Andrew are back to break down drafting zero RB teams in best ball. How to draft a solid zero RB squad. I have pulled up uh, my most recent one. Uh, I think it, I took until pick 90 uh, to draft an RB. So I'll be referencing that every now and again. And uh, you and I were actually drafting this one uh, in uh, Cardio Club. It was uh cardio club number four uh team ramrod was in that one as well so i'll be referencing some adp picks from there um first and foremost before we get started why don't you tell the folks you know what zero R zero rb is for any of the, the novices uh you know drafting out there if they're not familiar with the strategy yeah so i guess it really it probably differs if you ask everybody what the target round is for zero rb right i think generally it's probably around six ish where all five to six of your first picks are either running backs, wide receivers, or getting elite at the onesie positions. Oh, I'm sorry, not, not running backs, just wide receivers or mm -hmm. elite at the onesie positions known as the quarterbacks and tight ends. So you're not taking any RB until roughly round six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Again, I think it really depends uh, if you you know ask everybody at what their mm -hmm. target round is for zero RB. Yeah, so in this last one, I waited until round eight. I had drafted DK Metcalf, or I'm sorry, I had the first overall pick, not a surprise. Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Traylon Burks. Pretty solid, you know, when you're getting Traylon Burks as your, uh, what is that, your sixth? Two, three, if you like Traylon Burks, yeah. 
yeah, I do it. That's my six wide receiver. Uh, drafting James Cook, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson right behind him. So I would say that that's like a, a full commitment to the zero RB strategy. I think that there is, like you said, like kind of a mixed debate whether you know you need to start targeting in round six, seven, or eight if you're taking it to the back end. Yeah, of course you're getting that extra leg up at receiver, but you're going to have to like really hit your home runs, you know, on on your zero RB running backs that you're selecting. So giving a breakdown of just my receivers and running backs, I want to I want you to just grade that group for me um, that I drafted. As I said, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Christian Kirk. Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Traylon Burks, as well as Darnell Mooney and Marvin Jones. That's it. Those are my receivers. My running backs were James Cook, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, Jeff Wilson, and Ezekiel Elliott. Is that a group that you would trust to, you know, really bring home, you know, a top prize finish or, you know, even get into the final? Because I really I- like your yeah, I really like your wide receivers, so that kind of makes up for how I feel about your running backs. I don't love the running backs. Now, if Kamara hits even with a suspension, I think you're fine. If he doesn't, I think you're going to struggle with that team. I like the structure that you did with how you built the team. I don't necessarily like those like last three running backs. I personally would probably choose other running backs that I know go in that same range, but I, I really like your wide receivers there outside of Traylon Burks. I'm not much of a Burks fan, but I understand why you picked him. We, you know, what the upside is. So I'd probably give that like an 8.5, just those two mm-hmm. alone. Cause I do really like those wide receivers. I think that they can make up the ground that your running backs could potentially lose. Well, for my uh, running backs to really bring home the bacon, they pretty much need to be receivers. I drafted all PPR friendly running backs again, James Cook, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, and Jeff Wilson. I, I snuck Zeke Elliott in there. Maybe he, hopefully, hopefully he gets on a team and can fall into the end zone maybe five to eight times this season. That's really all that I'm banking on. So, you know, I got a little bit of a bulldozer there. But realistically, you know, if Wilson, Gibson, Kamara, and Cook, if they can catch, if they're all in the high, you know, uh, expectations, you know, territory and hitting 50 plus catches, I think I can be, I think I can make it. I only need two of them each week. I should note that I also drafted Josh Allen in the second round. So, you know, had to, had, had to be done. Um, in the the two three turn right after Mahomes and uh, Hurts, so you know that is an extra leg up. Like I'll get some rushing value from him, but it's not going to completely make up for you know the the actual you know high end rushing ceilings that I'm avoiding, like the CMCs, the Ecklers, the the Derrick Henrys, who are still going at you know a pretty good value. So that's what I also wanted to ask you is you know rank rank these three approaches for me and what you would prefer to you know if you were actually going into a draft and what you would want to execute from most likely to least likely. Zero, zero RB, hero RB, or BPA or ADP, which is best player available, or just playing to the average draft position? Uh, I think exactly how you said it to me is how I would oh. rank them that I want to go into the draft. It's either okay. zero RB <laughs> or I go get a hero RB. I, I'm not much of a person to just do best player available because then you mm. really are not trying to correlate. You're not trying to stack. You're just trying to get a team that you think is a powerhouse, which is nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. ultimately I think we all understand that if you're getting into the playoffs, you need to be stacking, correlating something of that nature by not doing any of that really. And maybe just falling into one or two stacks. You, you could potentially have a good team that, that might finish well in the regular season in the playoffs. It might falter. So I don't personally like to do that. I will do that with certain, picks that i'm just like damn i don't know what to do and i'll just take bus player available but i don't go into that with that strategy in mind if we can if we're considering like bpa to be value hounding i still think i can do that with correlating i i mean there's so many yeah mid, <laughs> mid and late round stacks that you can target um like the patriots or uh, the titans or the cardinals uh the raiders now you know jimmy garoppolo's falling into like the last round if you're a buyer or believer then you're obviously you're getting excellent value um, same thing for Ryan Tannehill, Houston Texans, another really good example. You can draft CJ Stroud and a couple of his receivers within the last, you know, five, four to five rounds, I should say. So I think that there are still a lot of opportunities when you are, you know, quote unquote, drafting BPA value hounding, just leaning into ADP, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, we were doing a draft together where Jacoby Myers fell, uh, 20 picks after 80 or after ADP. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, yeah, it's not a great situation right now on paper, you know, the way, the things that we're hearing out of Las Vegas, but 
you know, 20 picks after ADP, I mean, come August, I just don't think that's going to happen, you know, especially for a lot of the guys that, you know, have, you know, kind of a name brand around the NFL, like a, a Jacoby Myers, um, even like a, even a Hunter, Hunter Renfro, who's still his teammate, I think will be dra getting drafted a little bit higher as, you know, the casuals continue to enter the conversation and enter our draft lobbies in best ball. So right. Yeah. No, it's I kind of like I, that scene in rounders when you see like the, the, the casuals come to the table and you're just like, yeah, <laughs> I see you over there. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, like I said, it's uh, I, I want to correlate if possible. And, and just BPA just makes it harder if you're truly trying to just get best player available because it doesn't always correlate. But speaking True. of correlation, how about comfort and style? That's what Bird Dogs brings to you. Bird Dogs make you look good and feel good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. You know, you were talking about Josh Allen. And in my mind, he was like, that's probably a guy that wears Bird Dogs. Like, he seems like a dude that understands that comfort and design go together. And, you know, the nice thing about Bird Dogs from what our, uh, you know, one of the mothership people here, Sean Green, always says is that they have a built-in liner. It's like built-in underwear. You don't have to pack separate underwear when going on vacation. Just let the balls run free inside the khakis. Uh, do us a favor. Go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. Pool as in P-O-O-L. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Yeah, Sean was wearing them for like five days, so definitely <laughs> he did the, say that. The, sh the shorts of uh, of D-Gens, right? You know, if you're going on, you know, a four or five day bender in Vegas, I mean, what what not to wear than bird dogs? It's true. Very true. Yeah. I am actually up right now. I'm on the clock in a um, charity best ball, the Biscuit Bowl, Mid-Atlantic I got invited division. to that too, and I kind of forgot to reply to the guy, and I, f I feel bad about that now. I just never it's really okay. crossed my mind. but I'm I, representing. Yeah, I Nice. And speaking of some uh, some hero RB, I'll break down this draft really quick and then let you know what I'm going to do because I'm going to have probably two picks while we're uh, while we're on the air here. We're coming back into the turn. It's a uh, super flex uh, best ball format, so I went uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff. Or, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes, C.D. Lamb, Jared Goff, Derrick Henry, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Evan Ingram, and then in the ninth round I took my second RB. In Isaiah Pacheco. Followed up with Kadarius Tony. A little bit of stacking, a little bit of hero RB, you know, really concentrated on Derrick Henry and then waited, you know, one, two, three, four, about five rounds for Pacheco. Uh, you know, guys that were drafted after him were, you know, James Cook, Samaj P. Ryan, Antonio Gibson, who I took in that other approach there that I was discussing, uh, Khalil Herbert, Zach Charbonnet. I feel pretty good about that. What, what say you? Yeah, um, I think it's a fine team. I mean, it's always different trying to change your mind to super flex, especially when we're doing mm -hmm. all these underdog best ball drafts that aren't super flex. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm like, oh, damn, you already took golf in there, but that, it, it is super flex. So, I think that that oh, yeah. is, is fine, you know. So, it's, but I, yeah, I think that, that your team is fine. The Pacheco, I like Pacheco. I'm worried a little bit about his offseason um, surgery that he had and everything. I, I do worry a little bit, especially again, this guy came out of nowhere last year. Did very well. Uh, I do like him a lot, but I sometimes we see those guys that are way late in drafts like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, way kind of buried on the depth chart and just make a make a kind of like a splash play, right? And then people are like, oh, okay, he's you know, hey, that guy's on the team, right? He's a, he's a, he's a guy that's probably going to be on the practice squad, right? And then all of a sudden he makes a fifty three, and mm -hmm. then he's out here winning Super Bowls with him, right? Like I, I just I don't know how much the team is committed to him because at any point I feel like they could just kind of you know, hey, it's Patrick Mahomes' team. Like, what he wants is what he wants. If he wants McKinnon out there, they're going to give him McKinnon, right? So I do worry a little bit about Pacheco. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I do like your stacking. I think in that kind of format, still, stacking is is viable. All right, quick pick here. You get to make the pick. Rashad Penny, Devin A. Chain, Tyler Algier, or Jamal Williams. Or no, I'm sorry, Jamison Williams. Wrong, wrong column. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster or Zay Flowers. Uh, well, if you want shoot for the moon pick, I take Jameson Williams. 
if you want to pick where I think a running back could do very well with one small injury is Algier. I'm assuming maybe Roshan Johnson goes later in that draft than what we see him go in underdog. He's coming up soon. Okay. Obviously, you but know I'll, my love for I'll Roshan. probably just try to get Jarek McKinnon with my next pick because I'm going to be up here pretty soon again. You're going to take both um, running backs on a team that throws the ball a lot. Yeah, yeah. Both okay. running backs should catch, catch the That's ball. bold. Here. That's bold. <laughs> Uh, they both finished in like the RB twenties last year, and uh, Jerick McKinnon. Yeah, but that was like wildly it. efficient season by McKinnon. Not saying he's going to do it every week, but it's best <laughs> ball. That is true. That's very true. Um, yeah, so I mean, ultimately, I would take Jameson Williams just because I like, uh, especially what his fantasy outlook uh, looks like when he gets back uh, on that team, and his fantasy playoff weeks as well are interesting, especially playing the Cowboys week seventeen. So. Jamison Williams, he's the target. I like it. All right, let's talk top wide receiver targets at the top of the board for a zero RB draft approach. Who are some guys in the early rounds that you, you know, if you're going to go with this strategy that you absolutely want to leave with? Like, I want either one, two, or three on my team every single time. Um, I can tell you a popular pairing that I've been doing with CD Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown. That's at the, 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 what, 12 and 13 turn typically anywhere from 11 to 14 is there anyone in that same space or in rounds three or four that you just are dying to get uh i mean i kind of have like a like i don't truly mind getting any of those wide receivers uh the lambs the adams the waddles uh garrett wilson amron uh you know Devontae mm. smith higgins like all those guys i'm fine with olave i don't think there's any one of them that if we're, you know if we're not counting jamar chase jefferson cooper cup tyreek like those guys at the top aj yeah, brown those, Diggs, if, if we're not counting those guys just the back end guys i think if i was going to go wide receiver wide receiver i i kind of prefer to go Lamb, Amonra, Lamb, Wilson. Um, you know, I, I I actually don't mind switching it up to and going like Garrett Wilson, Amonra, or Garrett Wilson, Waddle. Those guys, I really like getting two of those, like any of them. I don't really have one that I'm like, man, I definitely want that guy. I'm just, I'm cool just taking any of them. Is there a certain cutoff where you might say like, uh, it's time to it's time to switch to 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 running back? Because I feel that way when I'm hitting like the Alave T Higgins territory somewhere in there. I feel like I like Devonte or not Devonte. DK Metcalf is is kind of like one of my favorite like wide receiver two targets. My second receiver drafted, probably most common. I I mean honestly, man, I'm good going through like the first four rounds, uh, just picking up receivers. Uh, th- mm-hmm. There's not really a cliff that falls off where I'm like, eh, don't really want to take a wide receiver here. Like I'm cool with mm-hmm. taking all those guys, you know. Though, and in round four, normally we're seeing Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, you know, uh, Terry, right. all those guys go around that, that area. I don't mind mm-hmm. taking any one of those. I don't feel like I need to bounce off a wide receiver at that point and go to running back yet. There are some guys that I will bounce off of. So Christian Watson. Yeah, I've I been, know you hate Christian. Per, I've been pretty vocal. It's not that I hate him. I'm still drafting Christian Watson. Like I've you still, still got drafted. him back in the forties or whatever you had him at. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm drafting him after ADP. Like, I'm going to wait for him to fall. I'll find one of those lobbies. It's going to happen. But I've stacked him up with Jordan Love, and you know that I'm not high on either of those guys. But I've also drafted 80 plus best ball teams. Of course, I'm going to you know like throw in some parity here. I got to account for you know just being dumb. Maybe I'm just completely wrong about Christian Watson and Jordan Love. Yeah, maybe that's it. Well, I may have wasted 25 dollars, you know, going against my own beliefs and my religion. But hey. What does it matter if I win $3 million? Then, then I will be Jordan Love's daddy. It won't be the other way around as a Bears fan. Um, someone else uh, is Debo Samuel. Like I like the situation. I think it's a good spot for a bounce back here. But I think that not taking into consideration the regression that he went through last year, I think would be a slight. You know, I, I think we still have to take that into account. You also have to take into account CMC now being on the roster, George Kittle having a little bit more pulse if Brock Purdy is going to be the starter. Same thing with Brandon Ayuk. Both of those players you know, took a step forward with Purdy under center. And again, you have CMC there who's going to eat up you know, a strong portion of the offense. Um, and then Devontae Smith, just because I feel like there's so many options in that offense. Like They're going to run the ball a lot. They still have A.J. Brown, who he's playing behind. A.J. Brown, arguably a top 10 receiver in the league, period. 
Um, he may not be in fantasy because of just how the offense is, but then you also add in TJ uh, or TJ. You add in uh, Goddard, Dallas Goddard. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball. He's going to have direct runs. Like Smith's the first one I'm going to push back on, and and here's why. Uh, last year they had a soft schedule, like second easiest in the entire NFL to Eagles, right? And he still mm -hmm. did fine, right? He did. He was great, fantastic mm -hmm. wide receiver, right? This but he year, also needed a, a Dallas Goddard injury towards the end of the season to really get kind of juiced up, and at least on a stat line. Yeah, and Goddard was out five games, I think. Yeah, to close the season. Five games. He, he, it was the last five games of the season, and that's why Devonta Smith is a big favorite is because he won a lot of people some money. Like He produced when Goddard was out of the lineup, and I think when you look at his production with Goddard in the lineup, yeah, it's good. It's just not as boomable. It's you know That, ceiling, that high ceiling is just a bit lower. But don't you feel like they're going to have to throw the ball more this year? Because now they have like a, a bottom half of the league hard schedule. I hope so. I hope like, so. I, I just don't think that they're going to be blowing teams out like they did last year as much. And they mm -hmm. still threw the ball, you know, a, a, an okay amount. I think we're going to see an uptick in targets for both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I, mm -hmm. I still am okay with Smith there. Do you, So I'm assuming then you prefer Higgins over Smith. I prefer going with T. Higgins over Smith. That's an offense that will pass the ball a lot more. Yep. Right. And, and of oh, I don't know if they'll pass a lot more. The Bengals pass a lot more. They already fucking pass the ball like a bazillion times. A lot more than the Eagles. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, yeah. damn, they already passed it's the ball. It's a much lot. different uh, situation at the receiver position. It's far sure. friendlier. Yeah. And sure. they also just, uh, you know, let Hayden Hurst walk. I mean, obviously, Irv Smith is coming in. We've been talking him up a little bit recently, but I think that he's less of a threat still to, you know, Tyler Boyd and Eagles. T. Higgins behind Jamal Chase. Yeah, Eagles, a new offensive coordinator, too. Um, so that's yet to be determined what they're going to do with that. Uh, they're still going to run the ball. They were massively good running the ball. But I right. do think that I do think they're going to open the playbook a little bit and let him throw it a little bit more than they did last year. Yeah, I just think that some of the guys after him, you know, are going to be in also friendlier situations like DK Metcalf, an offense I still believe will pass more than the Eagles. Christian Kirk and the Jaguars, same thing. Um, Terry McLaurin, maybe not so much. Maybe that's even, but Terry McLaurin's a stud. He's a star. He's a wide receiver one. I, I just still think that he can finish well ahead of Devonta Smith this year. DJ Moore, of course, my highest exposed receiver. Um, who else? I think Chris Godwin can, can definitely duel Devonta Smith for total production this season. And that's just what I'm getting at here. Like That, to me, is an easy pivot to the running back position because I just have a handful of guys that I can get in rounds you know, four, five, and six and even seven that I really like. Like Deontay Johnson, pretty even for me. Other than Devonta Smith probably scores more touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, in that point, if you're taking a wide receiver in round three or four because you kind of let the cliff fall off for wide receivers, mm -hmm. then obviously you're not going zero RB. Right. But that's right, what I'm yeah. saying. That's that's If I'm coming into a draft and I'm going to pivot off of that, that would be the space. Like if I'm staring at the board and it's, uh, let's say, Devonta Smith, um, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watkin, or C Christian Watson, excuse me, Debo Samuel. Like I, I, I can pivot, you know, because I'm I can I'll feel good about coming back with I think an Amari uh, Cooper or a Mike Williams or Jerry Judy or a Terry. Yeah, I think that the problem that most people kind of fall into and why you don't exactly go uh zero rb is if you look at a recent board i'm just pulling up one of the drafts i did i don't know if it was yesterday or two days ago when mm -hmm. you look at round the end of round two through the beginning to middle of round three all i see here is quarterbacks and running backs going mm -hmm. because once that higgins goes nobody really wants to take calvin ridley or dk metcalf ahead of henry pollard right. stevenson right. jacobs right like that's yep. i think it's really if you fall in the back half of of round one if you're six to 12 i think zero rb makes a little bit more sense for you because of who falls where right if you're in the beginning sure. you can do it if you get lucky and like let's say Devonte smith and t higgins fall you know you you have one you took jj already higgins mm -hmm. and smith both fall to you instant clicks for me i'm not even thinking about running back there i'm taking both those guys as my second and third wide receivers if that doesn't happen that's where you need to pivot i think yeah no that, that sounds good um, my top guys in this area are going to be like DK Metcalf, like I said, uh, Deontay Johnson, who we've been talking about a ton, and DJ Moore. Like those are probably like my my top receivers that I want to leave with. Other than, of course, like the like you would mention, some of the top options. Like in this last one, I uh, last draft I did, you know, a zero RB approach. Again, didn't draft an RB till round eight, pick ninety. I started off with Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf. You know, those are my first two receivers, but. 
I could have also taken, uh, you know, I could have taken DK and Devontae at the turn. I took Josh Allen. So I was able to go with that, you know, hero QB approach, go elite QB early and, you know, round out some, some of that production, um, you know, with the top quarterback, obviously staying off RB. But, you know, if, if Alvin Kamara has that top 12 season, I'll be I'll be sitting just fine. Good example of a, uh, a good, uh, you know, RB to, to target in that space. Who are some other uh, mid-round RBs that you really want to, you know, try and target if you are, you know, going wide receiver heavy, hero RB, whatever it is? You said middle round running back targets? Yeah, so like, well, let's say like 8 to 12 or 9 to 12, eight to 12 RBs 12. that you really like in that space. Yeah, and I think like, again, you know I what? think... I- that guy's there. I can draft these guys, all these receivers because I know I want or can get X player or players eight or nine through twelve. Yeah, um, and I think I think honestly, underdog stands alone on some of these um, strategies because underdogs half PPR, DK's full PPR, like it's different. Um, but you know, I, I do want to take this uh, quick minute here to thank Underdog. So we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania Four is here. Justin and I are talking about it right now, and uh, you know this total prize pool for Best Ball Mania Four is insane: fifteen million dollars in prizes, three million to first place. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down in your favorite MLB, college baseball player props. So many more ways to win over at Underdog, and it is uh, active in so many states. Uh, uh, actually, a lot more now than even uh, you know Best Ball Mania too. I remember when I got into it, there was only like seven, eight states available. Like it's so widely available now, which is awesome. So if you haven't already, please head over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Party on, Garth. Oh, yeah, party on, Justin. Uh, So anyway, so so when you you asked me, uh, round 8 through like 11, 12, whatever, I did write down a couple of guys that I know I've been drafting that I like to target here. Uh, first guy I want to talk about a little bit, uh, James Cook. James Cook, this is a pretty easy uh, click for me because, you know, when you look for a running back, right, especially at the top of draft, somebody you're like, I need somebody to, to smash for me. I can't fuck this pickup, right? You want somebody who's on a good offense, who doesn't need to share the ball a ton, who's going to catch passes, right? James Cook, check mark every single one of those boxes. On the Bills, doesn't really need to share with a lot of people outside of Damian Harris, and he catches the ball. He's going to do a lot of his work in between the 20s. Now, with that said, I do think Damian Harris has a little bit of an edge on him in the red zone, for especially like within the five-yard line, 10-yard line, because I do think he's the punisher of a runner between the two. But James Hook is shifty. Doesn't mean that they won't give him some, some you know goal line carries. And again, I do think Josh Allen takes a step back from how much he really puts his body out there, or at least you know what the coaches want him to do, right? So James Cook, a pretty easy uh, target for me, round eight, round nine, somewhere in there. Um, I do think that he's a uh, a good pick there because of the opportunity that he probably has on a very good offense. Uh, another guy I like to target, Zach Charbonnet. I am probably standing alone on an island here when I say that Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker are probably going to split touches uh, more evenly than people think they are. Ken Walker, not as effective as people thought last year. He had a bunch of long runs, so his explosive rating was very mm-hmm. good. But his efficiency, like picking up one or two yards on like third down, he was not very good at that. I, I've looked into this because like I heard somebody talking about it. I'm like, okay, he seemed like he was a lot better than what this person's making them out to be. Checked into mm-hmm. it, kind of fallen into the whole <laughs> Ken Walker may not be as good as people think he is as far as his efficiency. And without as many touches as he's going to get last year, without mm-hmm. having somebody there who isn't very good, because Zach Charbonnet, for most people, was a top five RB coming into the draft, if not top three. He's a very good running back on a team that's probably going to split the ball between the two. Um, I think he's more in line for the pass catching role than Ken Walker is. And honestly, like I just think that he's like j- just a good overall running back. Uh, it it would mm-hmm. not shock me if at the end of the year Zach Charbonnet has outproduced Ken Walker. Hot take because they're going way different in ADPs. But I would 100% rather take Zach Charbonnet than Ken Walker currently. So I've talked about James Cook, Zach Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about those two guys? So Charbonnet is interesting because I, I, I guess I feel the same way because I haven't drafted much of him or Ken Walker, to be honest. Like, I think the situation is just uh, you know so controversial that I'm just staying off of both of them. 
Um, I could really buy into either of them, but I would prefer Charbonnet per the ADP game if that's what we're playing. <clears throat> if it is going to be a split, and I guess maybe that's just what I'm looking for is maybe a little bit more insight, a little bit more camp talk, a little bit more, you know, training camp insider info, you know, because I haven't really settled on any major shares of either of them. So I don't hate him in that spot, but there are guys that I like a little bit more than him. James Cook, obviously, I believe he's the guy that I mentioned in this uh, zero RB approach that I that I went with. And he was my first RB drafted in the turn with Alvin Kamara in rounds eight and nine. Again, good situations with, you know, potential high-end PPR running backs with, you know, a lot of exposure to a lot of fantasy points as long as their team is passing the ball a lot. And I'm hoping that the Bills do exactly that. I'm expecting New Orleans to do that as well with the investment of Derek Carr. So those would definitely be two guys that I would bring up. You already mentioned James Cook. Alvin Kamara, you're really just betting on if this guy's playing all of his games. If he is, up to round five, like minimum. Like, is that wrong? Is it, could it be even round three if he's if we get oh, just like no yeah, suspension? I think it's higher. Yeah. There you go. It's probably round three. Yeah. So, yeah, six rounds. Like, yeah, I'm getting an absolute steal, and I have a ton of Alvin Kamara. He is one of my top five exposed running backs. And, yeah, I am putting myself at risk there. But if it pays off, I'm, dude, I, just, I won't have to draft him again. I'll be done. And I'll watch everybody pull him up the board, and I'll collect the remainder. Um, the guys that I would uh, bring into this conversation also are A.J. Dillon and um, Samaj P. Ryan, guys that I believe could wind up being the RB1 on their team given the right circumstance. It, not that I'm discounting what Aaron Jones can be in the offense without Aaron Rodgers. It's just that I believe that this team will try to run, run, run the ball. And when you're getting more running volume in that offense, you know, because they were like one of the top pass top uh, passing volume teams in the league last year with Aaron Rodgers, they passed a ton with him. I feel like they're going to come down to a bottom five and that physicalness and athleticism from AJ Dillon is really going to pull him up the board or not pull him up the board, but pull him up the, you know, the fantasy rankings because he's just going to have so much more opportunities. Um, also, or I'd mentioned Samaj P. Ryan, I'll touch on him. Same situation. Javante Williams may just not be ready by week one, uh, may not even be ready until November. That's the situation. And, uh, Backup RBs, RB2s get like an average of like 10 touches a game under Sean Payton. So that's, that's like your floor. You know, with Javante potentially out for a while, I got to feel like he can get up to like 17 or 18 for a bit. Maybe it balances out. But again, going in around 10 or later, I think that's an incredible value. And then the last one I'll add in is Brian Robinson. Again, maybe not the sexiest pick. You know, Antonio Gibson is going in the exact same round or within a round. So you're kind of like planning your flag, which is going to be, you know, the better option. But I think there's realities where both guys can finish leaps and bounds ahead of the other. We just have no idea which is going which one it's going to be, but I think the excitement and the new presence of Eric Bieniemy, you know, really just heightens up both players' value. I think both of them should be going before round 10 in my opinion because I still think that they're not going to pass the ball a ton. I think they're going to really try to set the tone with the with the ground game. Howell can run the ball a little bit as well. I think he may mix in uh, more with that than people may expect. So I'm expecting a lot from those two and I think those guys are both going at a value as well. Yeah, I agree with all of those. The one that I'm, I think, the lowest on that you mentioned is AJ Dillon. Okay. Uh, I I do worry that they're oh, going to see surprise, surprise. stacked box more often now. I mean, it's Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers there anymore. So I do worry sure. about that. Uh, Aaron Jones is fragile. I think a little bit. I think there's a case that AJ Dillon could be uh, in line for a massive workload if Aaron Jones would happen to get injured. So I do see the case for AJ Dillon. I just there's other guys I'd rather bet on, um, mm. but I, I do think that that's still a good zero RB target. I'm completely in line with you on Samaj P. Ryan. I know we've talked about him in depth uh, for mm. you know multiple shows, especially when we're drafting because that's a guy like J- Javante Williams might not even play. He had a very bad injury. Like J.K. Dobbins, he all but didn't play last year, and he he didn't his injury wasn't as bad as Javante Williams, so he may not even play at all if. That happens. Samaj P. Rise ADP is an absolute steal, like absolute monster steal where he's currently going. So love that one. And of course, you you already touched on it. Brian Robinson, Tony Gibson, both those guys, very good zero RB targets. Um, I think Brian Robinson, uh, you know, is is in line for a very good goal line work. Um, Antonio Gibson's not that guy. He's a smaller bodied guy, shifty, but not not a bruiser by any mean. Uh, you know, Brian Robinson is. Uh, if they add anybody, which talk of the town is Kareem Hunt, 
again, not as big of a bruiser as Brian Robinson. I do think they can steal some touches away from him there, but I do think Brian Robinson's in the, in the lead role for the goal line work. Uh, also, you know, Sam Howell, a little sneaky athletic as well. So I'm sure he'll get a couple of those too, but I think Brian Robinson is a very good zero RB target. And again, Antonio Gibson, depending on what Eric Bianami wants to do with him, he could be in line for a very good PPR season. You know, he's, he's a converted wide receiver, right? So like he has great hands, but he has this problem with putting the ball on the ground, which is another reason I don't think he sees a lot of goal line work is you don't mm-hmm. want to march down the field 73 yards and lose it two yards to go into the end zone. So they, I don't think they're going to give Antonio Gibson a whole lot of goal line work. But I love sure. all those guys that you talked about. Um, I do have a couple of other names I just kind of want to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. So a, a couple other what ones are Eliza Mitchell. Um, just, okay. again, very good backup on a team that has a soft schedule. and They'll use a, him still. They'll, they'll still use him. They've, they've clearly showed yeah. us that, that they're going to use him oh, and yeah. he's going to be in the game plan when healthy. I just think he's a, he's a leading candidate for probably the best backup case because CMC has been proven to get injured. And again, Niners have a very good run offense and a very soft schedule this year. So Elijah Mitchell could be league winner if CMC goes down. Uh, Jalen Warren, another one, a very good running game, a good offensive line. Najee Harris already injured last year, and Jalen Warren was actually better on a per-carry basis than Najee Harris. So Jalen Warren's a good one. And then, of course, Roshan Johnson and Tyler Algier, both of them kind of same thing for me. I think that both of them are very good backups if something happens or they just happen. I think Roshan has the case to actually earn the number one spot. Algier's not going to unless Bijan gets hurt. But mm-hmm. if both of them happen to earn the one, they could be in for a massive workload on two teams that like to run the ball a lot. Oh uh, yeah, Roshan's going in round twelve. Elijah Mitchell, same thing. Uh, in that same space, I like those guys. I haven't really gotten a lot of Elijah Mitchell. I have uh, when I've drafted CMC, uh, but I also really like in that round or the next round, Jamal Williams, uh, Tank Bigsby. I think those are guys are going to have. A lot of exposure to high value touches in the in the red zone. If you, so as we're talking about this, I'm just looking. So we pretty much talk from guys everywhere from eight to round thirteen, right? So that's eight, yeah. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. We, that's uh, six rounds. We we didn't mention Devin Singletary in round fourteen, but he's also a big favorite uh, of mine. Another guy, but but even if we count for round fourteen out, just eight to thirteen, that's six rounds. Mm-hmm. Imagine in your first seven picks before you get to round eight, you take five wide receivers, tight ends. Mm-hmm. And a quarterback, right? It's a, probably probably a good. good start to most, right? You could literally put your running back room together from rounds eight to thirteen, and then go back to drafting wide receivers. You know, your backup tight end, Correct. your backup quarterback, whatever the case may be. So, for everyone listening, just know that when you're missing out on some of these running backs at the top, or if you're at the back half of the draft and all you see is wide receivers falling to you, and you're like, "Damn, I'm, I'm not getting any of these running backs." Right? The, these guys I like. Don't mm-hmm. worry. You can put together a full room of complimentary guys that are in situations that if their lead running back gets hurt or is ineffective, they have an easy role to get in there and dominate touches over the other guys behind them. So it's it's, it's not as hard as people think to do a zero RB build because it's not as scary as some people might think when you're looking at who's actually available in those rounds 8 through 14-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before we get to some of the later round RBs that we like to target, I think that's just an important thing to note. And I know that we've been banging banging the drum on this, you know, all off season, but it's really just the ADP. Like if you're chasing ADP, you're going to be getting a lot of early receivers, and you're going to be getting good running backs in this space in that round eight or nine to thirteen or fourteen, somewhere in that range. So again, when you're looking at the receivers that you're drafting in those rounds eight to nine to 13 or 14, you're not feeling as good about those receivers as you would about the running backs that are being drafted there. So when you're drafting Alvin Kamara versus Alan Lazard, there's a big difference of expected value if both guys are playing 17 games and they're going two picks apart from each other. Same thing for a guy in Javante Williams, who, like you said, we have no idea how healthy he's going to be this season. Again, going three picks within Alvin Kamara. Uh, A.J. Dillon, whether he or uh, Aaron Jones uh, get 250 touches, I think at least one of them does. I think they both get at least over 200. He, again, going in those later rounds with someone like Sky Moore, a complete question mark, Jonathan Mingo, Odell Beckham, Zay Jones, you know, guys are in middled offenses or in middled wide receiver groups where you're getting these guys like Dillon or Kamara, Cook, they're going to have either high, expo- uh, high exposure to high value touches like touchdowns or 
catching a lot of passes. So there are a ton of really good options in that space for running backs. You just don't feel the same way about wide receivers. So like the kind of break for me, honestly, is Traylon Burks. It's like Traylon Burks, Marquise Brown, and maybe Jayon Dotson, just because of what I saw from him in a small sample size last season. And then from there, I'm like, you know what? Hey, I have no overcommitment to any of these receivers over running backs. Let's start, let's start filling up the RB room. So, you know, when you're starting to comp between Cam Akers and Michael Thomas, that's just an easy pick for me. Why wouldn't I go with Cam Akers? You know, like even on a bad, you know, what we perceive as a bad offense, I still think he's going to be really good and he's going to have a lot of touches. Yeah, I don't like either of those guys, Akers yeah, or Thomas. <laughs> as you said that, I'm like, ugh. I mean, obviously, you know, you touched on Jahan Dotson. Um, I think that's a very good bet this year. Going around seven is a guy that, you know, seven, eight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he's a guy that has top 20 wide receiver upside. His over-under right now for touchdowns on the year are four and a half, which I think is extremely low. He had seven last year missing five games on a team that he was a rookie on. Yep. What the hell are the Lions doing with four and a half? Get that out of here. And it's even money. Uh, spoiler alert, oh, I may I'll be writing that. a player props article and it may have Jahan Dotson over four and a half touchdowns. I mean, that's, this man led, the, led all rookies besides Christian Watson. Christian Watson was tied with him with seven touchdowns as a rookie with uh, arguably worst quarterback play potentially this you know last year. And, and you're telling me four and a half is the line? I mean, I don't go. I don't want to go off on a Jahan T- Dotson tangent here, but I mean that just seems low. He seems everyone's booking him in for a very good season if he stays healthy, and I just think that that line's there. So I know it's a fantasy show, but everyone, if you want to earn some money, go take that right now, even money. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. I would take that over four and a half, you know, any day, twice on Sundays. So uh, let's get into some late round RB targets. Who are some of your uh, Who are some of your favorites? I, I think I have a, a few ideas. When you say late round, like where are we where are we starting now? We already mentioned Devin Singletary, so let's go round fifteen to eighteen. Oh man, round fifteen. You start with my like favorite one of my favorite guys to target, Jerome Ford. Ah, I was about to say it. it was on oh damn, you should have said wait, wait, hold on, let me guess. Oh, yeah, Jerome Ford, baby. I mean, Jerome Ford has been impressing OTAs. Uh they got rid of Darnest Johnson. He's like the only guy of note behind Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's mm-hmm. going to need a break at some point. Nick Chubb, they, they, they can't give him 400 fucking touches, right? Like this man, this man eats, breathes, and sleeps football. You can tell Nick Chubb. I mean, I love how he gets out there with no gloves on and he just has his little fingers taped. Like he looks like a dog running the ball, but he's going to need a break. He's going to need a change of pace guy, right? Like he's not always just going to, they're not going to be leading games all the time and he's going to be the guy. When they're behind in games, Jerome mm-hmm. Ford's going to be the guy on the field majority of the time, I believe. Uh, at least at the end of the games, right? So I, I I think that there's a very good case for him to have standalone value on a team that Deshaun Watson isn't as good as we hope he can be this year. They're going to want to put the ball on the ground a little bit more. I think their standalone value and his ceiling, if Nick Chubb goes down, is just astronomically high. I mean, look what Nick Chubb does. Jerome Ford is no Nick Chubb, but he's he's a solid RB too. So I think that that's a very good bet for us in the rounds 14 or 15 area, wherever you want to select him. Yeah, I, I definitely don't hate it. As I said, I knew you were coming with it. So give me some Jerome Ford as well. Been collecting a few more shares recently. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good situation on a team I think is still going to run the ball a lot. Kevin Stefanski has shown us that in the past, you know, that he wants to utilize uh, both his running backs, you know, a la, you know, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Uh, and now I think Jerome Ford can take over that role. And yeah, like you said, you did see, you know, Dearness Johnson in there every now and again. Um, guys that I really like, Jeff Wilson, Shubba Hubbard. Also Chase Brown. I think Chase Brown's you know getting some uh, you know some underrated love uh, right now in these later rounds. I think that he is going to be a big part of their run game. We still haven't seen a commitment from Joe Mixon to re um, redo his contract to reconstruct his tender for this upcoming season, which they're asking him to do. And I'm not like trying to buy in and like that's going to be a big thing that happens. And Chase Brown's going to somehow be in like RB one territory. But I think it is a good situation to start getting involved in. We already saw Samaje P. Ryan leave, and we've already seen you know this team utilize all of its running backs, uh, including C. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan and Chris Evans, as well as Joe Mixon. So I think Chase Brown right now is in a very good situation. Comes in, he's young, athletic, doesn't have as many miles under his legs as some of the other you know running backs around him. Think it's not a bad situation at his ADP in round fifteen or later. Chuba Hubbard, very good situation. Yes, I agree. Miles Sanders. I was going to yep. stop you when you said Chuba. I was like, yes, that that's somebody else I was going to highlight. Chuba's in a great spot. He, mm-hmm. said he was there last year. You know, Miles Sanders is not 
Um, he's coming in now, and he obviously has Deuce Daly, but I don't think Miles Sanders is probably like the guy, the franchise guy, right? Like running back, yeah. I think they're going to probably split the touches a little bit closer than people think too. So yeah, mm-hmm. Chubba was somebody I was going to stop you and say, I, I totally agree with Chubba as well. And Deuce Daly has said that he wants to use multiple running backs. And this is also a team that I expect will be behind plenty this season. You may see Miles Sanders sit a majority of third and fourth quarters, you know, if, if the team's not winning or they're in a bad position or they need to get a little bit more vertical because, I mean, Shubba can do a little bit of everything. I'm not going to say he's like a pure pass catching back. I think he can do both. But I can tell you one thing. Miles Sanders is not a pass catching back. You know, he slinks out into the flat and that's about it. Like he doesn't run routes out of the backfield. So I'm confident that Chuba is going to get on the field quite a bit this season. And again, someone I've been banging the drum for a ton is Mr. Jeff Wilson. I think that he is still one of the more talented backs down there in Miami. Yeah, Devin A. Chain is fast, but he's young and he's raw. Raheem Mostert just can never stay healthy. And they traded for Jeff Wilson last season. They did have to re-sign him this offseason, but they still uh, gave up draft capital for him. It wasn't very expensive, but you know they went out and acquired him. He has a connection uh, with McDaniels. I think that there's something there between those two. So, you know, if I can survive, you know, a Dalvin Cook signing, then I think I'm going to be in a really good situation. But if Dalvin Cook does sign, I can get Jeff Wilson in the last round. And honestly, I think I'll keep buying. Like, I think his skill set is, you know, very leverageable in that offense. I think McDaniels is going to be able to use him, you know, in his playbook, you know, in, in, a, in a versatile manner. So he's someone that I really like. And I, I'm shamingly drafted a bunch of Zeke Elliott, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I just, again, I just feel like he gets on a roster and can fall in the end zone five to seven times. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Couple more guys I like at the very end, uh, last three rounds here, and I won't really get into it too much on them. But Kenny Gainwell, Gus Edwards, and a uh, Ty Chandler. Uh, case for Kenny Gainwell is I don't really think the Eagles know who they want their number one running back to be. Could be Swift, could be Penny. They had Gainwell last year. Like, why I mean, Gainwell makes yeah. sense too, right? So, for a guy that, and I say this about Terrence Marshall, it's kind of like the same thing for me. Is for a guy that we don't know isn't going to be the one. Why not take a chance on him late in drafts? I mean, it kind of makes sense. He could be the one, and if so, like, mm-hmm. there's no way he should be going this low. So that's my kind of caveat for for Kenneth Gamewell. Um, Ty Chandler, I again, I think he's a better running back than Dwayne McBride. I, I just, I, I don't really see the case against Ty Chandler. He was there what about last year. Kenny Nawangu. Like I said, I don't really see the case against Ty Chandler. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I think he's going to be the guy behind Madison, um, and, and he's going usually in round eighteen, if not you know seventeen or eighteen. Again, another guy that could be a very good RB two on a team that's going to probably score a bunch of points. Uh, and like I said, Gus Edwards. Who the fuck knows what happens with J.K. Dobbins, man? Like this dude didn't play last year. Now he's trying to hold out for a better contract. Like Gus Edwards could be the number one running back in Baltimore start the year, right? Like we have no mm-hmm. idea what's going to happen there. Gus Edwards is a good running back, a good goal line back, and for you know to get him in round seventeen or eighteen, sixteen, whatever you know case you want to be, very good value for for him as well. So um, yeah, so those are my probably the last three round guys that I'd, I'd look to target. I can't disagree at all. Yeah, give me Gus, give me Kenny. I think just being a running back in the Eagles offense, there's just a vacuum for touches and, and points. You know, like yeah. I don't think there's going to be a huge rhyme or reason. My guy to dominate the ball there is still DeAndre Swift. Like I still think that they that offense can unlock him. It's a super deep group. It's a great offensive line. I mean, yeah, the offensive line was good last year in Detroit, but he just he was never prioritized these last two seasons. So I feel like. You know, they, they went out and got him. He's going to be rocking number zero with the tin advisor. Like, bro, the yeah, drip is going to be too hard. going to get? That's, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think Remember so. Remember the I video think. of DeAndre Swift running out of bounds instead of trying to get the first down? When he- <laughs> as, a, as a rookie against the Bears? I mean, smart idea, but yeah. Well, I guess, except for your team, it's, a, it's third down. You you want to get a first down, you know. You yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's true, but, you know. No, no reason, no reason to get injured playing for the Lions, and I know he are, he's already missed his fair share of games. So it's true. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Gainwell going in round seventeen again. It's you know like you're. It's like taking the second running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like you know getting Jerick McKinnon at a, at a bigger discount because the team is just going to have so many so much more opportunity to score points than uh, the rest of the uh, rest of the league. They scored the second most points last year, even if they say regressed to like fifth or sixth. You know, something like that with a tougher schedule, that's still a great situation to buy into at that ADP. And, you know, obviously it's the least uh, risk adverse, right? Like you're still putting yourself out there when you're drafting Swift. 
even though I, you know, you're getting him in that kind of like mid round range, like the, like, I, I want to say like seven or eight he's, he's going, I have it pulled up right here. I guess I can just look, uh, Isaiah Pacheco round six, Damian Pierce, John Swift, Swift. Is seven. I have him <clears throat> in this one. He went, uh, what is that? 61, 62. So he went at the beginning of round six in this last one. Then, or wow. no, well, not last one. The one that you and I did. This is cardio draft four. Yeah, I say went, four. Yeah, cardio draft four. That was how long ago now? A couple weeks uh, ago. Not, the the, the one I just did yesterday mm-hmm. or two days ago, I forget. Uh, he went 79, which is round seven. That's awesome. That's probably at value. Like he's, he's after ADP still in that one, I would assume. I don't know. I can't see when you click on the. Actually, hold on. I can tell you uh, who drafted him. This guy. Ryan something or another. Let me pull his team up. I can check. Uh, DeAndre Swift, current ADP, 77.6. So he went two picks after. Yeah, so he, he went after ADP, and this person took him way ahead of ADP. Mm-hmm. Garrett Fowler from the Cardio 4 draft. Shame, shame, shame. Man, as we sit here and talk about these guys and what rounds we like to take in and everything, I think it might behoove us to do a pod where – I know you like that word behoove, right? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, uh, I thought you were going to say, let's do a draft right now. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's try to set something up where we t- we look at the first six picks and then the mm-hmm. last six picks of each round and decide what position we like best with those picks and kind of go down and see how a team would create would be created with you know like hey uh, we're in round five uh, I'm in the last six. Uh, picks of the draft it looks like wide receiver is probably the best value here so we slot in uh, taking a wide receiver right i think we should go down and that that might help us try to look at how to structure a team especially depending on where your your draft slot uh is as well let's do it you know i never say no yeah i think it'd be uh think it'd be good good uh, a little practice for us and good uh exercise for people listening to kind of hear us talk through what good values are and what rounds yeah sounds good to me as always do you got anything else you uh, you want to chat about? You want to do a draft? You want to head out? What do you want? What do you want to do? Um, talk about wise. No, I think we pretty much covered a lot of the guys I I would want to talk about as far as zero RB is concerned. Um, you know, I think we made some good cases for a bunch of the guys going. You know, after round eight through round fourteen, like those are some really good targets to 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 look at. So I think that's good. Um, I mean, I I don't mind doing a draft. Um. I don't know if anybody in the chat wants to hop in here with us as well. If so, if you want to put it in the chat here, I don't mind. Uh, you know, I don't mind doing one. All right, we're gonna hit a like a quick thirty second break, and uh, we're gonna come back to do this draft. We just got to play a little bit of music here, so I know where to actually cut it off when I'm you know, throwing this thing on Apple and Spotify. And <laughs> shout out to our Apple and Spotify listeners, we appreciate you. Be sure to download the episode and leave us a, a positive review. Uh, we'll be back in 30 seconds, and we're gonna we're gonna draft this team here, or draft a best ball team. Here we go. Uh-huh. 